0: This is the Beyond the Studio podcast, season three, East Coast edition. I'm Amanda Adams. And
1: I'm Nicole Muller. And we're here to help you figure out the business of being an artist.
0: Here, we'll have honest conversations with artists, makers, and business experts, and dive deep into the work that happens beyond the studio. If you find value in listening to these conversations, please consider leaving us a rating and review or sharing some of your favorite episodes with your creative community. It's the easiest way to show us some love and help others find the
1: podcast. Beyond the Studio is a fiscally sponsored project of independent arts and media, I AM, a 501c3 nonprofit organization. You can now make contributions to the podcast by going over to our website, beyondthe.studio/about. Just click on the button that says, donate here. All donations made through IAM are tax deductible. Your support is greatly appreciated and goes directly towards sustaining the work of the podcast. If you're a fan of the podcast and want to share what you're learning beyond the studio,
0: please consider submitting to our listener spotlight to be featured on our social media channels. It's also the best way to pitch yourself to be a guest on the show. Just follow the link in our show notes or on the contact page of our website, beyondthe.studio. Thanks
1: so much for listening. All right, today on Beyond the Studio, we're excited to be speaking with Josh Cochran. Originally from California and Taiwan, Josh is an illustrator and muralist living in Brooklyn, New York. He has received a Grammy nomination for album art. An avid traveler and marathon runner, Josh also teaches at the School of Visual Arts in New York City. He's worked with companies like Adidas, Apple, and the Criterion Collection. His installations and murals can be seen at places like the New York Transit Museum, Leah Elementary School, Third Floor in West Philly, and off Pearl Street at the Asian Arts Initiative. Josh, thanks for uh, joining us on the podcast today.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, I wondered, um, we always like to start off by going back in time, and if you could maybe talk a little bit about your early experiences with art or growing up in Taiwan, and uh, we've watched some interviews and studio visits with you in the past. And so I know that um, you've mentioned that uh, you didn't have a lot of artistic influences growing up. And I wonder how this, how this came into your life or, you know, when you first decided that you might want to pursue illustration as a career path?
2: Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting question. I I have been thinking about this uh, quite a bit recently, you know, like, I think it's sort of a standard question, like, who are your influences or, uh, who do you look at, you know, uh, sort of to give context to your own work. And every time it was asked to me, I would basically grab, you know, random books off my shelf or, uh, uh, rack my brain for like the, the, like acceptable answers, you know, for, for this. But, uh, in reality, I, I grew up, uh, in a really, uh, extremely religious, house in uh in taiwan my both my parents were missionaries, and I went to a school for uh, international students and missionary kids uh in taiwan and so I led a fairly kind of a sheltered life i guess in a in a certain extent you know um I wasn't really exposed to a lot of the uh kind of pop culture and uh artistic kind of uh, things that a lot of uh, artists uh, or people would be here in uh, the United States. Um, I grew up uh, reading a lot of, I guess the, the one thing that I do tell people that I grew up reading a lot of uh, Tintin comics, you know, the, uh, by Hergé. And that was sort of like one thing that really uh, captured my imagination. And I really love the really um, simplified and iconic, heads, you know, like uh, Tintin would always have those kind of two dots for an eyes and a very simple mouth and really uh, lush backgrounds with uh, a lot of detail. Um, but really, I think my earliest influence probably would be I was given a uh, Precious Moments Bible. I don't know if uh, either of you are familiar. Oh, yes. <laughs> <are more> familiar. <laughs>
0: oh, yes. We, were, we we're both raised in the church. So I'm like, I recognize things.
2: <laughs> yeah, so I think I, I feel like that would probably be my earliest influence. Would be the the Pink Precious Moments Bible, which was like a slipcase, I think, and it was like really softly rendered. Uh, with uh, the characters have huge eyes and um, uh, really like gentle colors to it, and um, and I wasn't I wasn't even really allowed to read a lot of uh, non religious or non-christian books. You know, I was I was reading a lot of uh books by christian authors. Uh probably a lot of the readers might not even know about. There was this one uh series that I was obsessed with called The Magic Bicycle. And um it was just a lot of um kind of short fiction that had pretty heavily illustrated covers to it and sometimes it would have like chapter illustrations. Uh, and all that. And uh, recently, I've kind of gone back and looked at some of these covers and uh, images, and it's really kind of hilarious and fascinating to see remnants of it echoed in my own work now, even, you know, like, uh, I I wasn't even really aware of it, you know, but, but for the longest time, I was, I I think I was just really uh, nervous that people would judge me for it, or that I would have you know, like uh, I think a lot of people have uh, preconceived notions of someone that grows up in that sort of environment. You know, like what type of person they are. So yeah, that w- that would probably be like some of the earliest, earliest uh, artistic influences. I also my my uh, grandmother. Uh, you know, my my mom is Chinese. And my dad's American and, or white, and I um, my Chinese grandma would uh, be always painting in uh, watercolors. So I, I was uh, surrounded with a lot of like scroll paintings, you know, um, of a lot of landscapes mm-hmm. and like crickets with goldfish, you know, um, that sort of thing, you know. Um, so I, I really did have like a kind of a mixed bag, I would say, of uh, things around me. I, I, I moved to the States in the fourth grade and uh, when I moved to the States, I would uh, basically, you know, I was like a like a dried sponge. You know, I just soaked up a ton of uh, Saturday morning cartoons and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, like all sorts of uh, things that I just uh, I didn't really know when I was uh, living in Taiwan. So it, it was really uh, kind of an interesting experience for me.
1: Yeah, this is a pretty diverse experience. Um Artistic influences growing up. Yeah. Would you say? I mean, were you also really artistic as a kid, like drawing all the time? Did you kind of see yourself, you know, creating or going down that path, or is that something that kind of entered in as a possibility for you later on?
2: Yeah, i I was always drawing as a kid. I um, I was kind of a quiet kid in a in a certain way, and. I was also left alone for many, many hours with my younger brother, Daniel, you know, like in the church building while my parents were uh, doing their um, ministry. And while that was happening, we just had nothing to do except for draw on a whiteboard. And uh, I would just uh, be making up all sorts of worlds and, uh, you know, just trying to spend the time doing that you know there was no iPad or internet or anything back in those days so I was it was really out of boredom and uh, I just kind of kind of kept developing that skill and later on when I moved to the States I learned to draw from comic books and I would sell these drawings to friends for 20 bucks I think um, I also had another friend very entrepreneurial friend, you know. <laughs> yeah where I learned about uh, illustration. I had another friend who did the, the pencils for it and I would ink it or vice versa. So, so we kind of had a whole system going, uh, back in those days. So yeah, it was, it was really like a, a place that I went to, to, uh, pass time and to just to, I think, I think also at times growing up there was like some, a, a little bit of, uh, instability or chaos around me and it was just like a way that I could enter into this uh, uh, inner world, you know, and uh, kind of like a, a place that I could just play and uh, imagine things.
1: Yeah, I'm curious at what point, it, it feels like there's always some kind of moment where it, you know, transforms from hobby or passion or something that you just really loved to do as a kid and to feeling like, you know, maybe this is something I could do as a career or that I could, you know, turn into something professional. And um, I'm curious when that was for you. Yeah, because it sounds like uh, some artists we speak to, you know, maybe it's just one mentor they had uh, growing up that kind of showed them that this was a possibility. And I'm wondering if you had... That type of support, like was your family generally encouraging of your artistic interests or did you have other mentors or, you know, teachers that were kind of encouraging you down this path?
2: Yeah, I, you know, my my grandmother and my mom were both really artistic. My mom would be making a lot of crafts and she had a job also as a graphic designer. So she understood mm-hmm. this uh, part of me, you know. And they were fairly encouraging of me, just to kind of uh, do whatever I wanted. And it was—I it was, think it was quite clear too—at a younger age that this was sort of like the thing that I really enjoyed doing. You know, I was always labeled as the artist in the family, or you know, amongst friends or whatever. I—I uh, I also uh, growing up in Taiwan, I was—I was also like mailed a lot of uh, Disney Disney movies. You know, because I think my On my American side, they wanted me to uh, stay uh, sort of like in touch with the uh, sort of like American culture to a certain degree. And the one thing that was sort of allowed in in our house was Disney cartoons. And so I was really uh, entranced with uh, a lot of the backgrounds and the designs of uh, these animated worlds that was uh, sent to me. So... That was kind of uh, big for me. And then later on, I I went to school at the University of Southern California in L.A., and I had a teacher there, uh, Ruben Hickman, who taught figure drawing. And I remember this one day, he brought in these skateboards that he painted, and they were like really uh, geometric and highly stylized skateboard decks. And it just blew my mind that you you can make a living doing this thing that was, like, so uh, kind of out there and, and so weird and, you know, also, like, really cool to me at the time. So he he really took me under his uh, wing and uh, helped me along. I also had an internship at MGM Studios uh, working on a, a film as a production assistant. And um, I just, like, brought in my figure drawings into the art department, you know, and I, like, went... <laughs> I like brought it up to the the art director on the set and, you know, would ask him for advice or whatever, you know, I was like, like uh, kind of hustling, you know, at the time. And he suggested that I oh, yes. uh, attend the art school that he went to, which was an art center in uh, Pasadena. And that sort of uh, kind of got the ball rolling for me in a pretty major way. So um, yeah, I, I, there was a lot of people that really uh, kind of uh, helped me along. You know, I, I had an art teacher in high school that was, also really uh generous with his time and you know i would i was like always uh you know it was, it was like really clear that I was like really obsessed with uh drawing and and making art so i think that luckily i had a lot of uh teachers and uh adults kind of to uh, guide my way which is probably why i like to uh, teach now i think
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i'm excited to kind of get into all of that and how that informs, you know, how you're thinking about your work today. But I'm wondering if you had aspirations of being an illustrator or an animator or, you know, a sort of a clear picture of what it was that you wanted to do with your own creativity or if you were just, you know, taking opportunities as they came. Like, to what extent were you kind of working to, to reach a particular goal or just like, developing this frame of reference for what it could actually look like to be an artist full-time when you were in art school?
2: I think I think that I was always worried, you know, and maybe this came from my parents, I'm not sure, but I was always worried about making a living um, and doing art, you know? So that was always something that I considered, you know, and uh, I was always, like, trying to figure out a way that I could, like, you know, kind of keep a steady job while making art or something. And and probably, you know, working or or, uh, getting those uh, Disney animations at a young age really kind of pointed me in the direction of making uh, background art or visual development for uh, films and for um, animations. So that was like a really early strong drive for me. Uh, was just, just to get into the animation industry. But I, I wasn't really sure how I could go about doing it, you know. And and, and along the way, I was kind of saw all these other people kind of doing slightly different things, you know, like I had a teacher who uh, was a freelancer and he was designing and making his own posters and selling that. This guy by the name of Justin Bua, who uh, <laughs> I interned for, um, and he was like, you know, he was like designing, putting his drawings on uh, Converse or on, uh, I think actually there were like PF flyers or something. So it was really clear to me that there was a lot of different paths to where I wanted to go, you know. And and later on when I was in school, I did an independent study uh, where I I studied under someone that actually was a landscape painter and a background artist for... I think for, uh, for DreamWorks um, and halfway through the independent study, I just like could not do it anymore. It was like so boring to me. Like it was like, it was really clear that this was like not what I was feeling passionate about, you know? And and the whole time while I was doing it, I was making these really weird kind of stylized paintings. Uh, the, uh, at my school, there's this uh, scholarship competition and uh, it was kind of like, sort of like a free-for-all you can just put up whatever you want um and so like a lot of people was would uh make uh, a variety of work but essentially like a series of work and so uh I was getting a lot of uh, good feedback from that and I just decided to um kind of pursue that and see where that would lead me and um yeah so it was kind of like one thing led to another thing and that led to another thing and um I kind of went by the mentality of uh, doing work that kept my interest and uh, kept me excited, you know, and I think that sort of uh, ethos has kind of guided me um, pretty much my whole career thus far.
1: Yeah, I think we're always kind of interested to hear about how those ideas initially evolved around what it might look like to be an artist or to build a life or career in the arts. Um, because Amanda and I came from very similar family backgrounds, where oh, you know yes. we <laughs> we had supportive families, um, certainly, but not a lot of exposure, I guess, to either the world of contemporary art or just examples of kind of real working artists. And um, so, um, actually, similarly, really interested in. Um, or inspired by uh, Disney animations growing up, and so that was kind of like my frame of reference too. Is just you know animation—that's a career that you could have. And it wasn't until going to art school that you know our, our horizons were broadened a little bit. But I think you know even after graduating, we still were left with a lot of questions about practically what does this look like. And so I think we can relate to some of those fears or concerns around how to how do we actually take this thing that we love and you know build a life around it or um, how do we pay our bills while we're creating work and um, just some of those more practical questions I think we still had a lot left unanswered and so I'm always interested to sort of go back in time and hear from other artists about what they what they were thinking about in those moments or like what was their idea around what their life might look like and then you know of course usually that looks very different from where they ended up or what's happened since but yeah it's
2: I think that's what's been so interesting about this field, too, is that it is not at all what I pictured, you know, when I was in uh, school and before, you know, before I went to school. It was just, it's like, it's so vastly different and and, uh, massive, too. You know, there's like so many different ways that you can kind of carve out your little spot, you know, and, uh, figure out, uh, and, and, and I think like really for me, the, the hardest part and sort of like the, the most challenging part of this journey has been, uh, figuring out what I'm good at, you know, and what I, uh, really feel, uh, excited about doing, you know, um, because I think that, you know, following sort of the market or following, you know, um, what other people expect me to do or what other people want me to do. Uh, I definitely can do a lot of these things, you know, but I'm not, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm good at it or that I'm interested at, you know, I'm, I'm, I, th- I feel like I'm, I'm fairly proficient at uh, doing a uh, variety of different things in, uh, in art, but kind of narrowing it down to uh, my, uh, my passion has been uh, kind of a journey. In a way, you know, and, and that sort of thing does take a lot of self-discovery and trial and error, you know, and uh, going down a variety of different paths, you know, at least for me, you know, and, and perhaps that has something to do with, you know, my, my upbringing too, that I, I really didn't have a lot of role models or uh, people I could look at look up to you know as uh showing me the way you know a lot of this has felt like i'm just wandering in the desert with a blindfold and trying to uh trying to figure it out but but as a result of that i think i've really had to learn to rely on myself you know and my own instincts and my own kind of like inner voice without sounding too cheesy but
0: Not cheesy. I mean, granted, I relate, so I'm like, yes, this is totally how I feel about it, too. And, I mean, I feel like it's come up a lot in conversations we've had on the podcast lately and in conversations that I'm having in my real life of, like, I just want... And so many of us are trying to figure out, like, how how can we be happy? How can we pursue lives that feel fulfilling, that allow us to do the things that bring us joy and to kind of focus on on that and I think that's I mean in my brain it must be tied with like the artistic personality but it it could just be the the human condition of like we want some happy but how to find happy
2: (laughs) well I, I think it I think it does have a lot to do with being an artist you know and uh you know I I feel like as an artist I'm 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 always kind of curious about things you know um and I I do want to uh go down different paths to figure things out you know um Mm -hmm. and sort of my my problem sometimes is that sometimes I get too good at something you know and it becomes boring to me or it becomes like I end up repeating myself so much you know and uh the, the paradox of that is that uh, inherently we're, we're hired based on consistency or, or based on, like, a, a body of work that looks relatively the same, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And clients like that because it's uh, predictable and uh, it's easy to know, you know, what to hire you for and you kind of get known for a certain thing. But, you know, as an artist, it's sort of like almost like a, like a, a creative depth, you know because uh, you're just essentially doing the same thing over and over. Um, And so there's, there is like a a bit of a balancing act, I think, to doing something that you love and uh, trying to figure out different ways to do that thing, you know, and, and, and also along the way, trying to figure out uh, what it is that you want to say, what it is that you want to discover and and what it is that you want to uh, develop, you know, with, with the, the, the little bit of time that we have to, uh, to uh, work on things while we're alive.
1: Yeah, and you're such a multidisciplinary artist for the work that you do as an illustrator to painted murals and installations um, to having illustrated several books. And I wonder if you could maybe talk about some of the ways that you've built this kind of variety into your practice when you are feeling things starting to become boring or stagnant. We've often talked with artists about how personal projects can lead into professional opportunities. And so when you feel like you are getting hired consistently to do work like you've done in the past, um, how do you start to break that mold? Or is it usually, um, you know, motivated through personal projects? Um, Or that sometimes you're presented with a professional opportunity that gives you, you know, a chance to branch out into a new medium or discipline?
2: Yeah, I think that I have, uh, gravitated towards projects that I'm not entirely sure how I'm going to do it. You know, like if there's a level of difficulty or, um, like a foreignness to it, you know, like those are the projects that I have, uh, been the most interested in. As I've gotten older, I, uh, have found myself to at least uh, more of a desire to try to keep things a little bit more streamlined and focused, you know, rather than like, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you know, um, I think that, you know, my mentality in the past has sometimes led me down some detours, you know, so it, it hasn't always been good, you know? Um, but I think that's also part of this whole journey with, um, you know of uh, this sort of like creative path is uh, a lot of it is about failure and uh, living with failure and uh, trying different things. the personal work um, is uh, I think a necessity you know I, I think you talk to any any uh, artist uh, creative person, uh, they'll say the exact same thing you know you have to essentially do the personal work you know i I uh, know so many like countless numbers of peers that have kind of let go of that and um, have found themselves to be uh, quite stagnated uh, because of that. And And I think that is largely because doing personal work is probably the hardest thing that you can do, really, because it's sort of like, It's like the real moment where you're like in front of that blank page, you know, there's like no brief, there's no, Mm -hmm. there's no prompt. And you're just kind of like there with your own thoughts and your own, uh, I don't know, like your own insecurities and all that. And that's, that's like super, super hard to do. So I think that having a better relationship, at least, you know, for, for me, having a better relationship with. Um, with myself and and with my work has uh, uh, helped me a lot with figuring out what I want to do with uh, my personal work and and in turn uh, uh clients generally uh follow suit with that you know clients like i I, I feel like clients love for artists to have a robust personal uh, work that they do so then they can kind of uh, copy that, you know, so they can be like, oh, this is like a cool, weird thing that you did. So I'm going to hire you for that, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, it it really, it's only uh, uh, kind of paid off for me and and I think for uh, many artists as well.
1: Yeah, I wondered if you could share any examples of projects that you've done, either personal or professional, that you feel have kind of shifted the trajectory of your work a little bit or maybe gave you a chance to to really try something new or that just feels significant to you, uh, you know, in some way for that reason?
2: Yeah, I, I think the last couple of big projects that I did, uh, maybe with the, well, the first project that I, that's, that uh, I think was really significant for me in that way was the Keith Haring children's book that I did uh, with the writer, Matthew Burgess. It was really kind of open in a way, you know, even though there was like a manuscript that I'd follow and there was sort of, I guess, kind of a brief, but also like I had to kind of imagine the whole world, you know, that I was creating. That was a really major hurdle for me to uh, get through. It took me four years to, wow. to make um, that book. Uh, I also decided to paint the whole thing by hand and not... Wow. Uh, You know, I've been feeling really frustrated with this uh, lack of physical objects, you know. Um, It's just, like, got really depressing to me that, you know, all I have to show is, like, a bunch of, uh, like, a flat file filled with these, like... Because I I would do a lot of my drawings on uh, vellum, you know. Um, And I just had this, like, shitty vellum in my drawers. um, And I I wanted to have actual paintings to show, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So... I think the process of making paintings and imagining what the world would be and and also like defining what the rules were for myself, you know, like the palette and the characters and what the environments look like and like having everything kind of like come together in a cohesive way. I think that was really, really difficult for me. And uh, I learned a lot through it, you know, and I think I grew quite a bit as an artist. Um, and, And the other project that I really loved and enjoyed a lot in this way was the recent mural i did for asian arts initiative uh that i did in philly and that was back in october um and this project was by far the largest wall i've ever worked on i think it was um i don't know like over 200 feet or it was really it was it was really long basically (laughs) it was like almost to the point where i wasn't sure that i could do it you know um but the people there at uh, AAI were really kind to me. They, um, you know, there wasn't really too much of a, there wasn't really a brief at all. You know, I had to just pitch um, my idea of what I wanted to do. And it was also for like a organization and and for a cause that I really uh, believed in strongly. So I felt like I was really able to, use my voice as an artist, especially an Asian artist, and make something that felt really proud of, you know, that people weren't, like, going in and telling me exactly what to do or whatever. And it was also, like, at the edge of my ability, you know, which is sort of, I think, the sweet spot for me, you know? Like, if I'm, like, just barely able to do it. (laughs) It's like, uh, that's, like, when I'm having the most... That's when I'm feeling, like, the most creatively fulfilled, you know? If I'm just, like barely able to pull it off.
1: Yeah. (laughs) That's reassuring to hear. I feel like Amanda and I are working on something behind the scenes where I think yeah, (laughs) we're like, can we do this? But (laughs) I think it's a good sign.
2: Yeah. I think, you know, I, my, my body and mind always wants to do, you know, I always want to just coast and I always want to like just chill out at night and yeah. and uh not do anything and just uh relax you know that's like my ideal place but i do love the the challenge and the um kind of the 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 mountain i had to climb in a way you know on a really uh masochistic level you know also that i think that that's like an age thing too like as i've gotten a little older i i recognize this as like a really crucial part of my process you know like uh, some sort of uh even if it's like an imagined hurdle that I have to cross you know, or, or uh, overcome, I, it's, it's something that I really need to create in order to uh, keep my interest and also and also like a, it forces me to innovate and to make something that I, I didn't know that I could make you know um, that I, that I didn't really imagine beforehand. You know? And I think that uh, is really exciting to me as a creative person.
1: Yeah, I wondered if you could talk about how you create space for experimentation, uh, especially when it comes to professional projects, like whether it's a matter of identifying clients or you know people that are, are really putting their trust in you, or um, through communication upfront around you know wanting to try something new. Um, I'm just thinking for artists that might be wanting to push or stretch themselves a little bit, but uh, maybe feeling nervous, especially where it feels like the stakes might be a little higher um, if they're getting, you know, hired to do something. um, How have you been able to use some of those opportunities to really stretch yourself artistically?
2: I think that there are certain projects that allow for this, you know. um, Certainly not all clients or projects are uh, good for this at all. You know, certain mm-hmm. projects, uh, I'm given a very specific set amount of guidelines, which is totally fine, you know. So I think it I have to be like sort of, you know, careful with uh, when this happens in a way. I also like to take on projects that don't pay a lot of money in this, you know, in this regard, not, I'm not to, that's not to say that I take projects that are low paying, but, but sometimes I do like to take uh, projects that are a little bit less paying. So there's less um, pressure, you know, for me mm-hmm. to uh, do something to make them happy, I guess, you know, so like that thing's like sort of off the table and it's kind of like a, in my mind, it's sort of a give and take, you know, like the, the, the budget's a little lower and the demands are a little lower. That means that I can, I have more agency to do what I want to do, you know? And, um, sometimes, you know, sometimes I do have the attitude of just like, kind of go for it and apologize later or fix it later, you know? Um, Mm Uh, Because the reality is, you know, no one's really, you know, as a freelancer, no one's looking out for you really at all. You know, even if you have an agent, which I do, a really amazing agent you're really like on your little life raft out in the ocean and you have to kind of sort of like make things on your terms, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, I've definitely been in situations where I've had to, you know, kind of cut it loose and bail on a project, you know, like really nightmare scenarios that we don't even have to get into. But I think that it's important to um, kind of have a mentality that you know you have to really carve out this uh space for yourself creatively you know and um and uh, if you have to you know take it back later on um uh, then maybe that's what you got to do but it, it for me it's always kind of been and maybe this isn't good i don't know but it's kind of been like you know me first and then you you know because like if i'm happy then i can make something good for you you know I don't know if that's, that's, I I don't know if this is like advice though.
0: (laughs) No, I think it's, it's very relatable, especially if you're working with a client. I mean, they have the money, therefore they have the power. And if, you know, they're looking out for themselves, they're not looking out for your needs. They're, you know, trying to get what they can get out of the job for as little money as possible. So you have to be your own advocate and you have to know what are the appropriate boundaries for your needs. And like, when do you say, okay, this is too much. I got to walk away. And when do you say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for more money or I'm going to like ask for more time because this is ridiculous. And like, they may not like it, but you know, we're humans. We can only do so much. And like, and uh, you will mess up on
2: this, you know, I think you will, uh, get into trouble with this kind mm. of uh, mentality, but you know, it's uh, you'll learn, I think. And uh, I think it's important to kind of explore the edges of that and sort of like see what your boundaries and limits are with, uh, with uh, making work in a commercial setting, you know, uh, it's tricky though. You know, I, I think that, I don't know. I, I, I think like uh, freelance illustration in general is like a really it's not easy at all. It's like really like uh I don't know what to how to describe it, but it does feel like somewhat of a survival type situation, especially like at, like if you've been doing it for a, a little while, you know. Um uh it's like I was just talking to a friend of mine about this the other day like now like looking around like looking at the people that I came up with, you know, like fewer and fewer for sure. You know, so many people are taking in-house jobs and not to, I'm not knocking on, uh, on that at all, but just like the people that are left kind of freelancing, it's, uh, it it is quite hard, you know? Um, and also like figuring out a a way that you can, you know, get health insurance and, uh, -hmm. make a good living, you know, um, and doing work that's creatively fulfilling, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, boxes to check off.
0: Yeah, it's not just about making the art that you like to make. You still are a human with needs like health insurance, and whether or not you want to retire, or if you have a family to care for. Like, there are just so many more considerations that we have beyond just like make the art you want to make.
2: Yeah, and I think that's why it's important to be uh, in touch with what is it that you you want out of this. You know, I mean, because uh, I think if you are uh, in touch with that, then you can at least be sort of like pointed in a direction that you want to go in. You know, without I think uh, if you don't do that, there other people, other clients, or whatever people will, you know, dictate that for you, and you might not be in a spot. You know, your your work, your portfolio, might not be in a place that you necessarily want it to be. You know, and and next thing you know, you're like, you know kind of unhappy in, in a in a weird spot so um i think it's important to to um sort of think about that and uh realize what is important and what drives you you know as a, as a person and as an artist a lot of this also you know it's funny i i uh talked uh, with my studio mate about this quite a bit um a lot of this does come from, uh, I don't know if you two have heard of that book, uh, The Artist's Way, you know, where uh, mm-hmm. it's oh, like this. Sure. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it kind of comes from that, uh, the sort of that idea, you know, of like just really like being in touch with, you know, this kind of your, your like subconscious part of yourself, you know. Um, I think commercial artists, it's uh, easy to lose touch of that, with that, you know because we're like working within parameters all the time, you know, or people always like, you know, you wake up and you get an email and then you're like off to the races with that, you know? Um, and there's like less time, especially when you're busy, there's not a lot of time where you, you can like reflect and sort of like take care of yourself, you know, and, um, and like kind of figure out like where you want to go, I think, you know? Um, so, uh, I, I, yeah, I I um, actually have not really gone deep into that book at all, but I I, I like to think that I uh, really kind of understand and uh, like to kind of like follow the the sort of the mentality in that book.
1: Yeah, well, it's a good reminder to be sort of continually reevaluating to where your work is headed, you know, where your career is headed, and to to check in with yourself to see, you know, if you're making decisions and, you know, moving closer to where you want to be, or if you're just sort of responding to, you know, whether it's like client direction or just, you know, opportunities that are cropping up. And so I feel like we're all kind of navigating that, um, in different ways. And especially when, I mean, I think this, like this intersection is what we're the most interested in and, and in talking about is that, you know, as artists, we, we got into this because we love the work, you know. We love creating and making things, and so that's usually the the motivator. But then there are also all of these other needs and things we have to contend with, like how we're going to pay our bills and our health insurance, and uh, you know, all of the, all of those practical things. And so I think that tension between uh, creating work for yourself and that's going to be cre- creatively fulfilling, um, and being able to meet those needs, uh, is is a constant negotiation. And so, yeah, just always, always interested to hear how, how other artists are navigating that, both in like a big picture sense, but also um, even in like little ways or specific conversations, like how do you set those boundaries or communicate that to a client or, you know, give yourself a little space to experiment or take a risk. Um, and yeah, I, I appreciate you bringing up those things because I feel like it's, um, you know, something we can all really relate to.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, um you, you know, I think it, it helps to have a good community around you, you know, um, I, it certainly has helped me, especially in the, you know, beginning of my career to have like really, you know, talented people around me, like people that are better than me, even to um, kind of uh, uh, help, you know, I guess like sharpen me in a way you know um and and also I think uh it's fun to kind of just draw with people and to like have other people around that you can play with you know that like in a I I don't know I was kind of like uh or recently I've been thinking a lot about sort of like fifth grade me you know and trying to get back into like Uh, into that sort of headspace where I'm just like, uh, I had a friend, uh, maybe this was probably younger than fifth grade where we would just sit in the back of the class and uh, fill up, you know, page after page of just like, you know, like these like battle scenes that we were drawing on top of each other. And it was like, so, so fun. And so like uh, amazing just to like, you know, be in that space and like time goes by and I'm learning nothing in class either, you know, but then like, really uh enjoying the uh the process just like super like in the moment or whatever and I think that it's nice to have people around that um you can do that with too you know um Mm -hmm. uh, however ultimately I think that um you know a lot of this this is you know this is inherently like a solo pursuit you know and this is like something that uh, I think that I have had to really like look uh, within myself to, you know, to, uh, to find what motivates me. Um, and, a, and a lot of it, I think, has to do with kind of being a little bit more in touch with, uh, you know, my influences, you know, the way I, I came up, uh, you know, like if I'm att- uh, attracted to something or li- uh, like like really into a certain type of work or a certain way of working, you know, um, asking myself why that is and uh, being uh, in touch with that has helped me tremendously. I think as an artist, like, you know, like I, I'm kind of uh, messy, you know, like I have a a heavy hand when I draw and uh, I remember in school, I, I would always struggle with that, you know, and I was like, always like, like had this preconceived notion of uh, my work having to look like a certain way or, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it just wasn't like turning out this way that I really wanted to. And I think like when I finally sort of uh, gave up on that and just sort of embraced, like leaned into what I was already doing and what I was like kind of like mm-hmm. feeling and what felt like good to me, you know, on a on, on like a sensory level. Uh, that's when things started to sort of like click, you know, like Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to like push it into something that it wasn't really uh, wanting to be into, you know?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, again, I'm just relating to all of this. I'm like, yes, let's follow that. (laughs) I, I mean, in this conversation, I'm recognizing in myself more of my early influences and seeing how like things that I, I don't know, I guess I haven't thought about it as much, but hearing you talk about your early influences is making me recognize how they're impacting my work as well and like I, I i feel like on this podcast all i do is say like i have an incomplete thought so i'll just throw half of it out there <laughs> um but these are my incomplete thoughts but i think i we don't ever really talk about it on the podcast and like and my mom listens to the podcast, but I was also related or raised in a pretty religious environment and, like, uh-huh. definitely had a lot of censoring in what I had access to as a kid. Like, pretty much it all had to be extremely wholesome, extremely Jesus-friendly, and that was basically it. And I am realizing now, like, more of those aesthetics in my own work and, like, again, incomplete thoughts, but it, it's interesting how, like, as we are... Yeah. As, as we get older and recognize more of the early experiences and, and how they have so much more of an impact on our lives. And, you know, Nicole and I are in our 30s, so we're, we're definitely at that age of like, all right, what about the upbringing made me who I am today? And, <laughs> like, a lot of the introspection that I've been doing, I've been doing through my art, and I'm sure many of us are, are doing our introspection through our art as artists. But I always like hearing someone else from some some similar experiences, like, how did religion shape your art?
2: Yeah, I mean,
0: I... (laughs) And I'm not religious anymore at all, but, like, it's it's always interesting
2: to me. I think, like, um, just realizing that I was also, like, you know, almost, like, not fully coming to terms with uh, how I grew up and, you know, what my... um, influences were at that early age in a way that's like an extension of this like you know like a, a idea of like you know I had to draw a certain way or you know like my work had to look like a certain thing and um I think that kind of understanding that and um kind of like looking more at uh, kind of the whole picture you know and just like being like oh hey actually you know I I do have a heavy hand and it's fine you know mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like who cares and uh I think like ac- accepting that has been uh really like kind of freeing, you know, which has been great, you know. Um like I-, I don't have to like work so hard to like make my work look like something, you know. Um like I can just make something and uh uh and that'll be that, you know. Like I don't have to like like uh fuss so much or like uh try to like, you know, like be angry at it or, or get into this like negative headspace, with it. you know, I can kind of like try to get back into that like fifth grade mode, you know, like Mm. uh, where I'm just like having fun with it. And, and, and I think like uh, that, that sort of mindset and mentality uh, uh, comes through in the work too, you know? I mean, hopefully I, I think like the best work that I make it, it like I feel like uh, it, it translates a little bit, and I and I see that with uh, other people and other artists that I admire and enjoy as well. You know, like the ones that are that I really look up to. You know, they're like uh, having a great time, and they're like really um, not to say that. You know, there's not like suffering. You know, like art making and or creating in itself, there's like a certain amount of suffering to it. But uh, that that there is like a um, generally like the 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 work that I'm. Attracted to uh, has like sort of a freeing quality to it, you know, um, and uh, and and yeah, and, and then all the, you know, the the secondary tertiary things of like you know client will see it, like sure, yeah, all that stuff will will follow uh, inherently, but I think like, you know, you really do have to kind of like figure out like if it's something that you feel happy about and it's something that you're enjoying making you know um, and you like you're really like enjoying that uh, headspace and creative space then um, everything else kind of like flows at least uh, in a very idealized setting it's like this you know this is like my uh, goal goal post.
1: <laughs> no I was just gonna say it's, it's so interesting that um, you know even some of the things we were talking about earlier around like self-advocacy when it comes to communicating with clients. I mean, underlying that, it seems like there is this real like journey of self-acceptance and just sort of embracing all of your interests and, you know, identities and influences and like having that be at the core and center. And then, you know, as a consequence, like these other things start to ripple outwards and it, you know, might be easier to. Like advocate for yourself for your work and pushing it in a certain direction, but it it sort of seems like without that 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 goalpost, like you're saying, uh, it's easy to get distracted or lose sight of. And I guess that kind of brings up another question for me, which is, um, do you? Because so much of our conversation has been about embracing and identifying like what's within us that's sort of pushing us forward, and do you have other practices that? I mean, maybe some are art-related or maybe they're not, like, things that sort of remind you of that or help keep you centered, like, are you, you know, spending time out in nature or do you have daily practices, because um, you also brought up the artist's way, and I know um, that sort of type of, like, spiritual journey, if you want to call it that, is is a big part of it, and um, so, yeah, I'm wondering if there are any other things that you do that kind of help to center you and...
2: Yeah, I, um, I love to run, you know, um, long distance running has been, uh, a really important part of my existence. Um, uh, and I find a lot of parallels between that and, uh, making art, you know, um, uh, there's like a, sort of a grindy aspect to it, you know, that, is super reminiscent to uh coming in the studio every day and like working clocking in you know clocking out so yeah that's been really uh interesting to kind of watch that uh develop alongside my uh my practice um also during the pandemic I picked up uh tattooing um like actually weirdly I feel like this is You know, at the very beginning, I was like, oh, my God, no one's doing this, you know, but like so many illustrators actually have uh, kind of done the same thing. And that's been really fun for me. You know, it's like a really uh, it's like kind of adjacent to uh, what I do in my commercial work, Uh, like feels a little bit like drawing, but then it's also like a very different skill set. Um, Mm -hmm. so sort of learning that has been, um, kind of, uh, keeping me creatively, uh, interested. I think the running stuff, I think it's been, it's, I think it's just been really good to do something consistently over many years, you know, and, and I think like, it's been interesting to watch how I've, uh, grown through it, you know, and, and it's also forces me to really stay in this like mode you know like where I'm like um, you know like if I'm having a bad day or something like even if I'm like like you know having a bad day and I'm like in pain or something I'm like definitely just focused on uh, my pain you know so like it's it's sort of like uh, helps I think uh quiet down some of the the uh, background chatter that happens a lot you know and and I think like drawing um is really, really easy to uh you know like my mind uh will wander all sorts of different places. I'm sure you both know mm-hmm. how that is, you know like yes. uh, that's why a lot of times i like, <laughs> I'll have a podcast going or or uh, mm-hmm. you know or an audio book or you know something uh, yeah. happening in the background, you know just to like sort of keep me focused but like I'm not like like too focused on the work like I'm sort of like kind of going back and forth so it's sort of like this like balancing thing that and 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 it's it's for me it's easy to find the parallel with that and uh and long distance running um in a way but yeah it's been it's been really great you know I, I think that uh it's really like helped me through some really uh difficult time you know especially uh through COVID and everything
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so interesting to hear because I feel like for as much as we've also talked about sort of uh, experimenting and like trying lots of different things when it comes to your work or your career, and you're kind of like finding your way in the dark a little bit, having something to keep you grounded or like something, some kind of consistent practice also seems really important. To
2: Yeah, like a, a routine, I think, has... Mm-hmm. Uh, establishing a really good routine has, um, been extremely helpful for me, you know, uh, especially like, especially when I'm lost, I think, you know, like, and I'm like, mm-hmm. feel like I'm like falling through space or something. Like, I'm like, well, at least then I still have this, this, and this that I gotta do, you know, it's like a, it's like yeah. a comforting, like a it's comfort thing maybe, you know, and it sort of like gives me some sort of sense in the chaos maybe, or I don't know, um, mm-hmm uh these sort of like habits and things you know because I think like I think like developing your career and and making work uh it is like sort of a like you have to like zoom out I mean I, I don't know like it's if you zoom out and look at it from like the big picture thing you're like really like building these tiny little pebbles you know and um you know, if you build up enough pebbles, you will have something. It'll look like something. You know? It might not be the thing that you necessarily thought it was going to. I mean, for sure, it's not going to. And it might not be in the direction that you wanted to go in, but you will have something at the, you know, enough years go by or whatever, you know, um, no matter where you're at. So I think like that's kind of comforting in a way, you know, mm-hmm. you're like making progress on some level which is sort of cool
1: yeah I love that analogy
2: (laughs) (laughs) I I I don't know I mean it's it's like it's also like it's uh sometimes it's really like counter to being productive to uh you know like question a lot of these things you know and to like get in your head and like like I, I think it's like really easy to freak yourself out you know and like to uh Sort of like for me, like I find when I'm in that state, you know, I like slowly stop working, you know, like I'm like not putting those pebbles uh, on the, you know, like making that mountain or whatever. Like I'm just like, I stop working and I'm just like questioning what I'm doing and, you know, and, and, uh, and for me, that's the worst place, you know, like then I'm just like, then I'm truly like, I feel like sort of lost in a way, you know, um, I, I think maybe I, ha- and maybe it's like, uh, because I live here in New York, uh, I do feel like, you know, that kind of syndrome where I got to just constantly be like doing something, you know, got to like, mm-hmm. got to like uh, stay somewhat productive, got to like, you know, chip away at these like uh, bigger projects and, you know, I'm, I'm. And these like ambitions that I have, you know, these goals or whatever. I think it's uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of important for my self worth to to uh, to keep going at that.
0: Again, definitely can relate to that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> not not I mean, always healthy though, you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, I that's life though. Sometimes it sucks, and sometimes it's it's hard, and sometimes I mean. I know I definitely am, am hopefully coming out of a not stacking any pebbles phase into a stacking pebbles phase. <laughs> uh, and I I mean, I relate so much to what you were saying about running, kind of having that routine and consistency and getting out of your head being sort of the thing to get you through those tougher periods. And like, yeah. there, there have been so many days through this pandemic, especially, but even like through the last month, where I've just been like shuffling around, I have a, an in-home studio where I'm just like shuffling around the house. I'm like, I know I need to do stuff. I'm like, well, I'll meditate and I'll do my yoga. Those are things I know I can do. I know I'll feel better after them. And then maybe I'll actually feel like doing something or know what I can do from there or or have some direction. And usually that, that does totally like shift my mood and like get me out of my constant like self-critical, self-conscious artist brain that's just you know, judging everything I create as I'm trying to create it. Yeah. Um, Whatever can get you out of your head.
2: (laughs) So much of this, uh, you know, so much of this is like intangible too, you know, like um, contacting clients and uh, uh, trying to drum up work, you know, especially when you're first getting started, it's like it can feel sort of hopeless, I think, Um, because you don't really see the results Uh, that quickly, you know, and a lot of it is like a uh, momentum thing, you know, that takes months and years even. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know if it's really that helpful to always be like, you know, kind of like microscoping it, you know, like, I kind of have to just like, you know, try to keep, like, the important things in my mind, you know, and then just kind of, like, let go. Otherwise, it's, like, um, exhausting for me, you know. Like, it's just mentally and physically exhausting and and then, you know, then you kind of get in this place where you're, you're, like, not even having fun, you know. You're, like, yeah. uh, you're, you're, you know, you're kind of in a negative place and you're, you're, like, oh, God, I gotta, like, make personal work because, like, that's how I'm going to get, like, client work and that's how I'm going to pay the mm-hmm. bills and, and blah, 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 and And then a lot of times the work suffers because of this, you know. Um, Granted that a lot of this is easier said than done. And, um, you know, I think that it is also important to, you know, uh, be careful and uh, try to be in a place where maybe your overhead isn't as high or, you know, you're able to uh, have a little bit of flexibility in your routine where you can kind of meander a little bit and uh fail you know like you know I, I think like that the problem is I've seen this with uh, a lot of former students too is like when you're you're um kind of uh the margin is like so narrow you know and you can't uh you like you can't fuck up you have to uh you have to like nail it you know every single time and sometimes great things happen from that. And, uh, sometimes, you know, you kind of like, you don't leave yourself a lot of, uh, options, you know? So, you know, of course it's like, it's, it's different for everybody and it's not easy. Like you said, it's really, uh, this is, uh, unfortunately we all chose this, like really, we chose like the really hard path. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we didn't choose that, like, uh, that like really cushy, easy thing where, uh, you know, Uh, things are kind of like given to us. We chose this like really like difficult thing and and probably largely because of uh, a lot of our this like kind of artistic uh, personality that uh, many of us have, you know, just like that, that I, like I saw that path in front of me and I was just like, I can't, can't do it. (laughs) It's just not satisfying for me. I got to struggle a little bit.
1: (laughs) We could have all been bankers or lawyers or who knows what, but this is the life we chose.
2: Yeah, I got to make a podcast. <laughs> got to do this, like, all these, like, random projects that not necessarily any money is going to come from or whatever, but it's interesting and I'm curious.
1: What painter and podcaster is in a lucrative career path? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> but I I love, I love that I'm curious, you know. I, I love that about the people around me. I love that, you know, I'm just, like, there's, like, I'm always, like, wanting to you know, figure things out, you know, or like, kind of like investigate a little bit further uh, into stuff, you know, like, that's like, that's amazing, you know, that's like a, such a great part of being alive, in a way, you know, I, I don't, I hope I never get to the place where I'm just sort of like, you know, just like accepting things and like, you know, kind of just uh, trying to like, fast forward through my days, you know, I, I hope that I'm like, always kind of struggling a little bit, you know, in a way.
1: Yeah, a lot of this has me thinking, too, about just the ways that we measure progress. And it feels like so much of this, too, is coming back to the process itself, like finding ways to, you know, find motivation within your daily routine or to just come back to the creative work itself as the thing that drives you. And and just the length of time between putting those pebbles together and like finally seeing it. You know, to turn into something. It's like there's weeks, months, or years between some of those like initial seeds you're planting, and you know, seeing them really manifest. And so, just I think you you said something earlier about persistence at like every stage of of your life, and um, that it feels like that's just coming up for me here too. Is there's the value of um, being persistent and finding you know, ways to keep going when, um, and to zoom out, like if you're just, if you are just looking at, you know, your progress within that week or month, um, it's really easy to get discouraged. And so how can we find ways to step back and to keep that bigger picture in mind?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, uh, um, it's like, uh, multiple ways that you can figure out how to trick yourself, you know, like, uh, I try to, yeah, it's such a mental game. It totally is. You know, it was like this, uh, when I was in school and it was like, it's like this, uh, sometimes with, uh, commercial projects, you know, just like figuring out ways to like find that weird angle that you can like really like nerd out on or, uh, be excited about or something. Um, many times for me, that's the hardest part, you know, is like, uh, figuring out what that is for me, you know? And once, once I do that, you know, then it's smooth sailing sort of, you know, and I can just sort of like spend hours and, and ultimately I will get to that place that I feel really uh, excited about or happy about, you know?
1: Yeah, this is a little bit of a shift, but uh, I feel like there are so many, um, other aspects of your work that we haven't really gotten to, to touch on. And i I feel like we've really, touched on some important topics here though but I know you're also teaching and you know working on lots of different types of work so I'm just well kind of curious how you're spending your time these days like what is a typical you know day or week look like in terms of um, things that you're working on and and then if there's anything that we you know haven't really gotten to yet that you would want to make sure to um, to talk about.
2: I guess the the teaching thing, I I teach once a week. Uh, I teach two classes and I sort of like uh, stack them back to back. And uh, it's been really interesting kind of like thing that's gone like kind of side by side with my uh, commercial process and my commercial work and, you know, my kind of like my art. Uh, It's, um, Uh, it's something that's actually quite a bit uh, more difficult for me, just that I, you know, I had such great teachers, I think, uh, coming up. um, So I have like this really like impossible high standard, I think, for uh, what I see, you know, like a great teacher has, you know, so I think that that's been um, kind of an interesting thing. It's, I think it's also like, Taught me a lot about myself, you know. It's helped me a lot with like public speaking and um, uh, communicating my thoughts and feelings. And 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 um, you know, I, I'm sure you, you all have heard uh, this too. It's like uh, it's also really uh, good for me, I think, to be around people uh, that are younger and that are kind of coming up, you know, uh, from a like a this like Gen Z generation, you know, like uh, really like kind of, uh, puts things in perspective for me, you know, like, I think it's really easy to just sort of like, uh, sit back and just, um, kind of like get really complacent and think of the world as a certain, this like one, like singular thing, you know? And then, uh, I think with teaching, uh, you really, um, kind of like shook out of that, you know, because there's so many different uh, people and like these, like a lot of these, uh, younger students are uh, coming from all sorts of different backgrounds and have a very different take on life than I do, you know? Um, so I think that's been really great. It's helped me a lot as an artist. Uh, I've uh, been trying to also, uh, luckily with SVA, I could take classes as well. So I think that's something that I, you know, um, that I'd like to keep doing um, sort of for my own education and to, um, you know, pursue some of these, like, you know, more technical things that I've uh, been interested in um, learning about. Um, It's been really helpful for my uh, practice uh, to do that. So, yeah, it's been been amazing. Also, you know, art school. I I went to the Art Center uh, College of Design in Pasadena and (laughs) the formal name. uh, And uh, it, like, it changed my life for sure. You know, it was like, uh, it felt like, Hogwarts, kind of, to me, you know, <laughs> Harry Potter. Like all the teachers were these really distinct personalities, and the the classes were really small, so we all knew each other really well. And um, I really kind, of, I, th- I feel like it, it gave me the space to blossom as a person, you know, um, especially coming from like a background where a lot of things were kind of withheld from me, or um, maybe. I don't know what the word is exactly but this was sort of like an open you know open field you know and it's also like felt very safe and uh, it was such a great environment so I, I, I do feel like a certain responsibility at this uh, stage of my career to uh, also you know kind of take some of that and give it back to the, 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 the new crop of people that are coming up and to uh, kind of uh, do the thing that was given to me too you know like I, I think that's like a really important thing that hopefully, you know, this is like, I'm, I'm like part of this like bigger chain of, uh, you know, this like lineage of other people that I've like given, given back and et cetera. And hopefully like, you know, I've seen um, uh, former students also end up teaching as well. So I think that's been really uh, rewarding and amazing to see, you know. Uh, I've also like, you know, I've also had like assistants and people that have helped me here in the studio and, I see that uh, very much uh, similar, you know, kind of a similar thing. You know, I I had a I've been uh, really privileged to have uh, amazing relationships with uh, people that I've worked with that um, uh, really like I learned so much from as well. You know, so it's been really like great to uh, feel that kind of like uh, back and forth, you know, like I like we're all kind of like. I don't know, like, it's, like, really, like, a positive sort of hippie thing, you know, in a way. Uh, so, yeah, I, I uh, um, it, it's been, it's been really great. I, I, I think my, my, my weeks are, I, I do that, I do that once a week, and um, I, uh, I'm having kind of a, like, a slow on-ramp to 2022 right now. I'm working on a a new children's book, uh, with the same author, of the Keith Haine book. Um, and we are kind of going back and forth, uh, with that. And that's been really, um, uh, super fun to do. Uh, I'm also working with this like really cool, um, indie publisher here in Brooklyn, uh, Enchanted Lion, um, and uh they kind of like let me go wild with uh, a lot of it. you know it's like a really uh interesting relationship um with that, so kind of working on that, uh just sort of like messing around <laughs> you know doing that uh some you know and then like if I have like a more pressing deadline, you know these are like sort of longer term projects, and if I have a more pressing deadline, then I'm working on those things uh that sort of like takes uh, precedence but um yeah that's that's pretty much uh that's pretty much my schedule i've been waking up uh later and later now like i'm like rolling into the studio around noon but uh generally i uh like to get in like around 10 10 ish or so and keep a relatively like i don't know like uh traditional uh schedule you know like i like i might try to be done around dinner time or something um and it's nice to have a studio, so I can sort of like keep the the two things separate. But I do have a, a space at home where I, I work as well, so uh, it's kind of nice to um, you know switch up the 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 workflow a little bit. And um, I guess the 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 bigger installations and projects um, those are um, those are really fun for me because I can really like dive in to something and I like work really, really hard for like a condensed period of time, you know, where, uh, it's sort of like that, um, it's like that art school feeling, you know, where you're like operating on not a lot of sleep. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, you're like holding your pee, you know, and you're just like (laughs) working uh that's a question who needs lunch yeah exactly (laughs) like you're just like oh my god yeah you're just crunching uh so i uh i love those um those projects because of that you know um i don't know how sustainable that is you know in the longer term um fair i kind of wonder about that so i i have recently uh in in the past like i don't know handful of years i've been trying to uh kind of uh, um, pivot a little bit more towards um, doing books or children's books or, like, projects where I'm, like, coming up with, like, my own stories, my own uh, worlds a little bit. And I think also, like, maybe the just kind of the place I am in my career, too. I, I think there's just been more opportunities where I'm able to uh, do this, you know, like, I don't have to be as, like, reactive, You know, like I think in the beginning, I'm very, I was very much like, like just refreshing my inbox, waiting for, uh, you know, like a a New York Times uh, op-ed job to come in, or some, some sort of like quick, like burner thing, you know. Um, But like now, like there's a little bit more space, so I can um, uh, build on these like longer-term projects. For it's both good and bad, you know. I I still uh, miss the uh, quick turnaround and. And at times I I do take those uh, projects still, but uh, it's also nice to, you know, like have a little bit of uh, space and um, time, you know, I'm like, uh, I have like less energy and tolerance for that these days.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yes. Well, it's nice to hear about the... Kind of time breakdown between different projects and it seems like another way that you're kind of building in this variety um like both in terms of discipline and types of projects but also um length of time between those sort of shorter sprints and then the longer term you kind know, of more collaborative work
2: yeah yeah it's 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 been really nice to work on those bigger projects with uh with people too you know like i i I really enjoy uh, working, you know, with like a little team or even with like another assistant or something. It's really like great to have someone to bounce ideas off of or, you know, I I find that also like it's good for me to work with people that are good at something that I'm not good at, you know, too. Like, I think that I learn a lot that way and also seeing like different uh, work processes. I think has been uh, really helpful for my own um, education and um, work as well. You know, kind of like shakes me out of my, like, you know, I'm like always in this like tunnel, you know, like it's just like me and the, me and the piece of paper, me and the computer or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's why um, I love working with Amanda so much on the podcast uh, because we have very complementary skill sets that, balance each other out
2: <laughs> yeah yeah I, yeah, I it, sure. it like it like brings out a better part of me too you know like I don't like I just like tunnel all the time you know and I don't know it's it's uh it's it's kind of interesting and and, and I hope like um I'm kind of hoping you know I'm I'm working on a new manuscript that I'm pitching I'm trying to get a literary or hoping to uh, finish this book and get a literary agent and uh really like kind of like push this uh sort of like new branch out a little bit you know and uh see where that goes um I think that's been really uh interesting for me and it feels like a new challenge you know like a new mountain that I can uh climb (laughs) in a way so we'll we'll see how it uh we'll see how it it, uh shakes out (laughs) tbd on this
1: yeah that's awesome Where is the best place for people to find your work and keep up with new projects that you're working on?
2: Um, Probably Instagram. Um, My Instagram is just uh, at Josh Cochran. And um, uh, I, yeah, I I don't really, my website is like uh, pretty, I mean, it's like somewhat updated, but not that well. And I'm trying to, I've been trying to get into uh, TikTok um but that's been um, oh i'm uh, impressed so...
1: we have not yet ventured into that world <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: yeah oh yeah you guys <laughs> maybe can maybe ever post, you guys could probably post uh clips of the podcast and stuff i've seen people do that uh probably instagram is is the best for now yeah <laughs> I, I, it's like the thing that i'm like the most uh updated on we can share links for everything
1: cool or we'll follow you on tiktok
2: yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i I'm Porky on TikTok, so you'll have to find me. I have to, like, uh, I have to, like. <laughs> was Josh Cochran
1: taken or was that an intentional choice? No,
2: I'm just, like, I was just, like, feeling shy about it, you know? And I'm just, like, putting up really, like, uh, stupid, uh, Oh, it's, like, casual. a secret. Okay. Not really, but kind of, yeah. I'm just putting up really casual, uh, things, just trying to figure it out. But I, I probably will make it more, like, uh, work-friendly um, at some point.
1: Gotcha.
0: <laughs> I love it. been hesitant about tiktok
2: (laughs) i mean i i i I just use it now to watch tv like i don't even you know like it's it's Mm -hmm. like uh it's like so uh it's so clearly the future of of some sort of social media um to me like instagram is like feels so stale in many ways so i get it i just haven't quite figured out it's just like it's hard to uh uh as someone that makes um uh primarily static work it's it's mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to figure out how to uh how that translates into this new uh medium uh without like pandering you know like to like you know people that are like trying to learn about uh, becoming an illustrator which uh, you know not to knock against that i'm just like it's not necessarily my uh, focus or whatever so I'm still uh, trying to wrap my mind around all that yeah tricky
0: yeah I'm still trying to wrap my mind around Instagram and I feel like I've been on that for like a decade now and I'm just like I don't know people keep leaving I'm not sure why (laughs) it's fine
2: well yo you don't even have to you could just like bounce from that now you don't even have to uh, mess around with that you know just leave it all
1: leave it all behind (laughs) Oh, that sounds dreamy. (laughs) Well, (laughs) this has been so fun, Josh. Thanks for this conversation. I feel like we could just keep talking with you for hours. It's been really um, inspiring and reassuring in a way that I feel like just affirms, you know, the, I don't know, the heart of like what we're trying to do as artists. And I feel like this has been a great reminder of just sort of going back to basics or like just kind of remembering, you know, your your core practices and routine and uh, just returning to the heart of why you're doing what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you for that.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. It's been great to uh, catch up with both of you and I appreciate the opportunity to uh, ramble for a while. Super fun. <laughs>
0: yeah, thank you so much. This has been a great conversation and thanks for uh, helping me realize that drawing in the margins of my like church pamphlets and bibles was really just you know that's how early early art escapism just trying to figure out my future
2: (laughs) oh I got good at drawing was drawing on the church bulletins (laughs) yeah I wish I saved them
0: I probably still have some my mom probably saved them mom oh yeah you should do you have those
2: you should scan those Be, be interesting to uh to go back to those that'd be really that'd be really fascinating god
0: yeah if i can find them maybe i'll share them if i can't find them it's probably because i
2: haven't <laughs> nice nice cool well so good to uh chat with both of you
1: that's it for this episode of the beyond the studio podcast you can find show notes references and a brief summary of the episode over at our website beyond while you're there be sure to sign up for our mailing list to find out about upcoming guests special announcements and podcast giveaways don't forget if you're a fan of the podcast please leave us a rating and review submit to our listener spotlight And if you want to support the podcast by making a tax deductible donation, head over to our website, beyondthe.studio.